Welcome to the Data Diaries podcast and this special series on leading through the COVID-19 crisis for visitor attractions executives with your host, Angie Judge, Chief Executive of Dexhibit, big data analytics for visitor attractions. Today, we're here with Claire Spencer, the CEO of Art Centre Melbourne in Australia, which is Australia's largest performing art centre to talk about change and adaptability. Welcome, Claire. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for the invitation. Pleasure to be here. I know Australia is just starting to reopen or thinking about it. What is life like for you at the moment? Well, it's been uh, it's been a strange couple of months for all of us, I think, who work in the live performance sector. We went from, you know, full throttle to being completely closed overnight. Uh, we do we are now starting to emerge from uh, from the crisis on a very considered phased plan. Uh, live performance, though, will be uh, will be at the end of that, unfortunately. So we won't be back up to full operation for some time yet. And a few weeks ago, you shared a guide that you've developed for your team to help them through that on change and adaptability, which is such a great resource. I know change is, is tough for any human being, and we're going through a lot of it at the moment and closing down and then reopening again and, and all these major impacts as we go. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. Where, where did the idea from it, uh, for it come from? Well, it really came out of necessity. Uh, We sort of threw the team into complete change overnight. So we contacted them all on a Sunday and said, from tomorrow morning, we will be closed and you will need to work from home. So the the kind of change that you would normally take months and months preparing (laughs) for and communicating literally happened overnight and so we we you know we didn't anticipate that that was going to happen and and certainly not as suddenly as it did so we took the opportunity when we were through sort of the initial shock of closing because it was that it was a really deep shock to to listen to our team and to to really try and understand what was going on for them and we we set up some uh Uh, contact uh, mechanisms for them to sort of tell us how they were feeling and we were seeing a lot of questions coming in and there was clearly a lot of uncertainty Mm. and a lot of anxiety as people you know just didn't know what was what was going on and I think you know this is the only time I can remember the entire global community being thrust into into the same situation all at once so we were really seeing that our people needed some specific support uh, and that's really where the idea for the for the guides came from uh, it's not unusual for us to uh, prepare this kind of um, sort of response I guess this is a different context Context for us, but we have tried really hard over the last few years to to give our team emotional support as well as the sort of physical mm. support that they expect from their employer. So it was, um, yeah, it was. That's really where it started, and we realised pretty quickly that it was going to be really critical to get the organisation through it. Uh, this is a deeply human experience, and we are trying to support our people as best we can. It is amazing what we can achieve when we're thrust into it and dive into the deep end of, like you say, things that we can achieve overnight that might have taken us months prior. 
Absolutely. I mean, I we have a thousand employees at the Arts Centre and I've just been astonished at how people have coped. Um, you know, just extraordinary resilience in the face of adversity. Many of them, um, particularly if they're casual workers, have lost their income. Mm. Um, we've got people working at home, myself included, who are trying to, you know, home educate their children and all of at the same time dealing with this massive community crisis so it's been um yeah it's been really extraordinary at how how quickly the team did adapt um of course you're always going to get some people who really struggle and and making sure that we had the right counseling supports in place as well as providing um the kind of guides that that you've mentioned making sure that people have got somewhere to go and someone to talk to if they need that emotional support has been a really critical mm. piece of the puzzle as well i've always loved that uh, brene brown quote that as leaders we have to either invest in a reasonable amount of time attending to fears and feelings or squander an unreasonable amount trying to manage ineffective and unproductive behavior. I've seen a bit of chat about mental health on social media in general, but not a huge amount of discussion about what that means in the workplace during the crisis. And I imagine a lot of organizations are now starting to suffer the consequence. But I mean, it's it seems like it's just good good business. I know for our team, we ended up with um, being more productive during the crisis despite everything which absolutely stunned me um, we'd sort of gone into it hoping just to get to the other side uh, as human beings let alone emerging uh, better and stronger has has this investment in people and putting care and compassion first proven true for you as well and the team look I think um, the way that the team has held together and supported each other through this crisis that that to me is enough of a return on investment to have justified Mm. the effort Um, I think the investment will continue to pay back, though, uh, for many, many years to come. And it's interesting. I'm I'm an accountant, a CPA by training, so you know, return on investment is a is a concept I'm really familiar with. And using data, you know, to prove your return before you invest in something. This has been quite different. This is has been very instinctive. It, we've really trusted our intuition that being values led at this time is critically important. Uh, we're really no, well known for the facilities, our uh, theatre facilities that we have in Melbourne, which are amongst some of the best in the world. But we always like to remind people that it's the people of Art Centre Melbourne that make the Art Centre Melbourne experience really special. And we know that we need those people, all a thousand of them, to come back to work after the closure period ends. And we need them to feel really supported and well in order to do that. So for us, it's, you know, it's almost like business continuity insurance. That's the investment, but it's just being expressed through this very sort of human um, response, which has been entirely led by intuition. So it's been a really, you know, really interesting uh, period to be making those kind of decisions in. I love that. And, And the guide that you've published talks to your values as your compass to survive and thrive at the centre, these values of leadership as well as community and creativity and care, how have they carried your team through? 
Look, it's it's been so interesting. We put those values together five years ago um, to sort of guide guide the organisation. Of course, when we did that, we had no idea that we would, within a five year period, be facing a, a global pandemic. But those values have really they they've been so relevant for the situation we're in. And when it came to you know preparing the guides for for our people, it just made sense sense to frame it around frame all of the work around the values and um you know they're front of mind in all of the decisions that we make and we've restructured our our team to to manage through this crisis and and through the reopening and building for a long-term future and the guiding principles that that team is working off are working off lo and behold are all structured around the values so um you know it's really been quite I guess maybe it's not surprising, but I, I've never worked with values that have been this relevant and so prevalent and visible in our day-to-day decision-making and the way that the team have reflected on these and probably seen them through a different lens than they've ever they've ever really experienced before has been a very powerful mm. feature of both dealing with the crisis but also now we're starting to plan for reopening and recovery. I love this bit that reads, vision is the antidote to volatility. Our pride is in people and programs, not just place. And each of these sections in the guide has got actions to follow as well. What's your advice on how we can remain connected with mission and passion when we're at home in an industry that is so tied to being a physical venue? And that has been a really a real challenge for us. So, um, you know, our buildings are where we do our work. It's where we deliver um, our experiences. It's where we uh, enable artists to perform at their best. So that disconnection from place in a way has also been a disconnection from purpose to us. So we've 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 really missing being in the theatres, being in the building, just that you know that collective experience of theatre when you're when you're in it and you're sharing it, you know, with two thousand other people is has been extraordinary. But we realised pretty quickly that um, those we weren't going to be able to get back into the venues anytime soon, and so we had to really challenge ourselves on how can we deliver on our purpose if we don't have our venues. And you know, there's been a couple of different ways we've we've done that uh, with the audience. It was very much about online content. So what um, you know, what digital content did we have in the arch- archive that we could immediately start sharing to remind people of their Art Centre Melbourne? Um, but also, you know, what n- new programs should we be commissioning in order to create content that is relevant for this time? So we put together a. a, a a digital portal effectively called uh, Together With You, which is where all of our content is being held, and commissioned a a series of programmes called Arts Centre Melbourne's Big Night In, which uh, is going to air once a week on a Wednesday, 7pm Melbourne time. And it helps audiences, the community and the team stay connected to what we do. Uh, It's providing extremely um, important employment for many artists at the moment, which is also critical. So that that connection for the audience was important. And then for the team, it's really been um, 
it's been so important to keep them connected. So we've been sharing what's going on actually inside the venues. So there's a, a beautiful tradition in theatre. When your theatre is closed, you put on what's called, you put on stage what we call a ghost light, which is a, a single bulb uh, that sits in the middle of the stage. It's it's there for safety, um, but also as a sign that we'll be back. So, you know, we've been sharing images of the ghost lights with the, with the team. We even had a, a member of the team write a song about the ghost lights. Uh, and we've also we've also had some broadcasts from the from the from the building themselves. So our security team is still still there looking after everything, and and as well as keeping the building safe, they're also watering everyone's plants. So you know, just little things like that. We, you know, keeping people connected has has been important. And then you know, for both the community and the team, we we have a beautiful spire on top of one. One of our buildings which is quite a feature of the Melbourne skyline and we've lit that uh, it's lit it's lit yellow every night and and will be until the end of the crisis and it's a really important symbol for the community that we we will get through this 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 is a terrible situation but it's temporary and and there's hope we want to make sure that people have some hope and and, and optimism for the future so it's thinking about those um you know symbols are so important at this time and, mm. and i think you can't sort of overestimate the impact that those kind of things have I can imagine that's going to be a very Instagrammable moment when you collectively blow out that ghost light. Oh my goodness, I <laughs> just can't wait. It's the I've been back into the venues a, a few times for various reasons and it's you know it's it's such a poignant thing to see uh, and our venues are beautiful. So, you know, to see them with the just lit by a single light is 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 so poignant and I I go from being desperately sad that there's no work on the stages there's no audiences in the seats but also incredibly hopeful and optimistic that we will be back and uh, it might be different for a while but we will be back and uh, talk me through how your team have been using the guide through the crisis so far? Yeah, look, the guides have been um, the feedback we've had from the team is that they've been they've been really important. They've given um, how can I say they've given people guidance around structure. It's given them an opportunity to talk about their concerns with each other and how to adapt. So it, it, it's it's almost like they've generated conversation and connection, and um, you know I think. I think also being prepared to go back to basics. Um, we released we released one. I think it was about ten days ago on um, self care back to basics. And you know, after eight weeks in lockdown, it's easy to forget how to look after yourself. Mm-hmm. And and just having the structure, you know, to almost I I used it myself like a checklist. Right? Am I still doing that? Am I doing that? Oh no, I've let that drop off. I need to pick that back up again. So it's um you know it's been it's been valuable for that but it's also um, I think been a a cause of um, a source of great pride with the Arts Centre Melbourne team because these are guides that we produced for our team 
but we recognise quite quickly that they would have value elsewhere, both within our sector here in Australia, but also around the world, and indeed in other sectors. So, you know, we've shared them broadly, and the feedback has been amazing. So I think, you know, for the Arts Centre Melbourne team to know that the work we're doing is supporting others around the world has has also been important. Um, so yeah, unexpected an unexpected consequence, but uh, an important one, I think. Mm. It's so true about those structures for adjustments. We're just coming back um, into our return to public life, and it it does take some getting used to again. You know, after a few hours out and about, you kind of feel a bit overstimulated of sorts, and um, and I think that that sort of changing back is just as hard as changing there. I, I think you're absolutely right, and you know our our. Uh, uh, social community rules have started to lift, as I mentioned, just in the last sort of 10 days or so. And it does feel strange to be back and outside and, you know, seeing people in cafes and that kind of thing. And I think going back into our workplace and going back into the theatres is going to need to be something we do really carefully with our team. You know, they need to feel safe. They need to feel supported. They need to be given some guidance about, you know, how they might want to process that emotionally. Because if they don't feel safe and if they don't feel supported, they won't be able to care for our audiences. So, you know, it's a really, it's going to be a a careful road back, I think. It will be done, be done slowly and and cautiously in a way that uh, you know our team feel really supported in in what we're asking them to do I love this advice treating everyone as a friend and this focus on kindness that you have it's I think it's so easy when we're tired and stressed and strung out to sort of swing easily to anger or just be short with other people which then only exacerbates um the situation for everybody it's a Interestingly enough, a message that we've been seeing a lot of in New Zealand, it's part of our government's core communications messaging and we see it on the ads on TV and the kids everywhere in the neighbourhood have been scrawling it all over the sidewalk in chalk, which is very cute and it just catches my breath every time. Um, how, how have you seen your, your team repeating that mantra of, of kindness and the way that they deal with each other? Well, look, it's, I think, in a few different ways. I think understanding that everyone is going through this in their own way and that our Mm. professional circumstances are maybe different and that our personal circumstances may be different but that at the end of the day the vast majority by far the vast majority of of us are just good people doing their best and I think sort of reducing it back to the humanity of, you know, particularly in a big organisation that has a structure and hierarchies, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just people and we're all going through this experience together and we're going to all have good days, we're going to all have bad days, but we'll only get through this if we stick together. And, um, you know, we've really tried to to promote that and, you know, if people do get a bit ratty, which inevitably they do, that inevitably they do, it's just stepping back and saying, "Well, 
what's that person's circumstance? You know, why why perhaps are they are they feeling like that? Is there anything that we can do to better support them at this time? And I suppose just not being too quick to retaliate, just trying to be more thoughtful and mindful about the human experience that this is, and encouraging people to do that. You know, with their with their families, with their workmates, uh, with their manager. It's um, yeah, I just think it's just, there just has to be a, a lack of judgment at the moment because everyone's feeling it differently and everyone's feeling it differently at different times and we've just got to be kind to each other. So I think it's one thing I'm hoping that we, all of us as a community, not just as a workplace at Arts Centre Melbourne, but hoping that we'll retain that, that quality of human kindness mm. and a celebration of human kindness. It would be nice if it's something we we carry through as we go forward. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, we've reflected on it a lot through through that values lens that we've already talked about. But what, what's our role at the moment in the sector? You know, we of course we need to focus on getting our people back to work and our venues open, but, but what about the rest of the sector? What about, you know, smaller organisations who are doing it really tough? So encouraging the team, you know, to just reach out to their colleagues who work who work throughout the sector and just check in and, you know, not for any motive or <laughs> any other reason that, you know, it's just mm. kind. And it's been such an intense time since March. I think one thing we're all learning as we go is that this crisis is such a marathon rather than a sprint and one that we're going to measure in months and years rather than days and weeks. Where do you think resilience comes from in a team and and, and the individuals in that team that's going to help us get there? Yeah, it's certainly going to take a lot of resilience to to get through this. And I I think you're right, the recovery will be a long one, particularly for for the live performance sector and, you know, uh, hospitality and that kind of thing. So we are really trying to, I guess, pace ourselves I think um, sometimes it's easy for resilience to broken break down if you are just going too fast and in the early days of the crisis um, you know the middle of March there we we were just moving so fast and you know we didn't have all the information we needed to make decisions and that was necessary for that part of the crisis but we recognised really quickly that we could not sustain that pace, and uh, we had we, we had a, a very funny mantra, which you um, you know you might want to edit out of the of the final version of your podcast, but I'll share it with you anyway. Which is that um, you know this is this is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you run too fast, you'll end up being sick on your shoes. <laughs> so, you know, we, we would call each other on that. We would be like, you're going to be sick on your shoes. And, and, it, and you know, my, my team were able to do that with me when I, you know, I was just in this sort of frantic pace of, of decisions and change and communication. And, uh, you know, a couple of them called me on that and said, you need to just pace yourself because you're not going to get through <laughs> it otherwise. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I think recognising, again, that we're, we're not machines, we're people, we're doing our best, and nobody knows the answer to, to what recovery is going to look like. We've been trying to find the 
handbook for how to deal with a pandemic in the live performance sector since this crisis started. (laughs) Clearly the handbook doesn't exist. So we have to write it as we go and accept that we won't get everything right, We'll, we'll make mistakes, but as long as we get the big things right, the big decisions right, we'll be okay. And, you know, there has to be some... I think forgiveness that that comes with that, that we will make mistakes, but our intentions are good and our guiding principles are solid. And that's what will get us through it. I absolutely love that. Uh, One of our values at the exhibit is Andy's on the outside, which uh, is a nod to our superheroes, the uh, sense that we all have superpowers inside us and we can all (laughs) achieve magic. And I I love that. uh, I love values that have got a bit of bit of color to them absolutely and you've mentioned uh in your guide your guide this uh, employee assistance program you have eap um can you talk through how that works for you with your team and and was that a new facility that you set up for the crisis or is that something that you've you've had in place for a while now it's something we've had in place for a while now and most organizations largest organizations in australia have this we we upgraded ours uh, probably about 18 months ago as part of our care more value to make sure that we really were able to provide the right kind of emotional uh, and well-being support to the team so it's a very comprehensive program there's access to psychologists um, and that can be on an ongoing basis. Uh, It's open to individuals on our team but also to their families which is, um, you know, it's important to recognise that that many of us are part of a family unit and that can can impact your wellbeing in and of itself. So there's, um, the the helpline is really important. It also though, um, you can access financial counselling for example which has been obviously really important through this period and for our managers there is a dedicated manager assist helpline so that if they're um, you know if you're a manager and you're you're struggling to support a member of your team or you you can't shift the dial on on values and behavior it they it will support you through that so we felt um, that that was a really important thing to have in place, but my goodness, it's been of great value during this um, during this pandemic. I haven't seen the stats yet, but the the feedback that I've had from many members of the team is that they've really appreciated just being able to talk to someone, and um, you know, it's been it's been really valuable. And I, I know you've founded the same in the industry as well. You've you set up the Arts Wellbeing Collective in 2016. So this focus on mental health in the industry has been a, a, a long-standing pillar of your leadership. What what inspired you to start that effort? Well, it was a it was a sad realization on a couple of counts actually. So we had there was a, a university uh, research piece that was done around mental health issues in the live performance industry, and that demonstrated that um, you know as a sector we skew way above the national. Uh, averages for all of the indicators around mental health issues. So we had the data to sort of, you know, confirm what we already knew. Uh, And then we very sadly lost a member of our team to suicide. And so we had the we had the lived experience and we had the data. And, you know, we took a long, hard look at ourselves and said, well, 
you know, we're a big employer in this sector. If we can't get this right, there's something wrong. So we realised that a lot of the supports we had in place were very reactive. So if we could um, get to people in time, we were pretty good at picking them up. But what was missing um, was a tailored solution that promoted mental wellness in the sector and we looked around and we we couldn't find anything to buy off the shelf and so we decided to create the 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 uh, it was a it was an art center melbourne program initially uh, but we decided to um, create a solution for to to fill the gap that we saw and we created the the draft first draft of the framework and we looked at it and said, gosh, you know, this would actually be really good for the sector. Let's let's reach out and see whether any of our any of our partners would be interested in joining us um, in, in this journey. And by the end of the pilot year, we had 130 organisations who had joined us. Uh, and now here in 2020, we're at well over 300 organisations who have joined us. So it's it was needed before this crisis and uh now covid-19 has effectively taken an industry and a sector that was already struggling with mental wellness and thrown literally thrown the entire sector into a crisis all of us at the same time so we know that the the demand is already increasing so just looking at march um, our visits to our website where all of our resources are held uh, more than tripled and um, direct inquiries to the um, to the support helpline are also increasing exponentially day on day so it's um, it's clearly very important at this time and so we're really focused on you know what can we do to 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 ramp up the uh, the resources that are available online, but also you know increase both increase awareness of the of the helpline, but also make sure that it can deal with demand. So it's uh, yes, we we never conceived in back in two thousand and sixteen. This is the role mm. that the collective would be playing, but it's uh, it's been important, and you know the. We're focused on organisations in Victoria, but we're sharing the um, the resources with the uh, with the collective internationally. So there's no paywall, there's no membership that you have to get through in order to be able to access the resources on the website, which is artswellbeingcollective.com.au. And the helpline is available to um, anyone who works in the live performance sector in Australia. So it's... Uh, we know it's needed at the moment. Well, thank you for your leadership in that. I think so many organisations would try to overcome a tragic event like that, but in, instead to embrace that vulnerability of owning the problem is so admirable and it sounds like an incredible legacy. Did did I read that that helpline partnership uh, with the support has seen a, something like a 60% increase in counselling calls in the last month? That sounds right. Yes, it's um, it's and it's and it's increasing every day. So we think as people are sort of settling into the into the crisis and exploring, you know, what that 
what that trauma for many people actually means they're they're seeking help which is which is great because um you know seeking help is often the first step and often the hardest step so we've uh we 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 feel anxious about the demand but we also feel relieved about the demand because it means people are reaching out to to seek that help but it's a strange um yeah it's a strange tension to be you know to feel relieved that people are seeking help but it's mm. uh, hopefully what I've said makes makes sense there um we would be worried if that if if people weren't accessing the the facilities mm. it, it is a, a natural and inevitable result of of what we're all going through I think oh absolutely absolutely it looks like those values um that intent behind the culture of care that you've been leading your team with has carried through to your visitor communications. I know when I visited your website that the first thing I saw were those words together with you. Hmm. How has that culture of ACM been received by your public and has it has it made a difference for your visitors? Yeah, look, I, do you know, I think it has. And it's very, uh, together with you, uh, you know, as an example was it was put together very quickly. It was, uh, again, that kind of program would normally take us months to do, but it was very instinctive. It was very much driven by the desire to connect with our community. And so, um, you know, we sort of put it out to the world. And and the feedback that we've had um, both online but also, funnily enough, through our call centre has been how much our audience has appreciated being kept connected to the art centre uh, through this time when the physical separation is so necessary. Um, we're seeing it coming in. We're doing our end of year fundraising campaign at the moment, which is actually for the Arts Wellbeing Collective. And, you know, the comments that are coming in through through there as well, just a real expression of gratitude. And, and for us, that's what Art Centre Melbourne is all about. It's about creating a memory. It's about creating a connection and making people feel that they're they're part of a of a of a wider community. And I think that's what makes the Art Centre and all of the team that work there so special because it's we don't you know we don't name it. We don't have our values up in front of house on posters or anything like that but it you want those values to be wrapped up in in every experience in every interaction whether that be a member of the audience whether it be an artist who's about to perform whether it be a member of the team you just want there to be this um vibe I guess for want of a better word that 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 we are all connected and 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 we do care and that this is a place of you know of um community safety and connection and and that's special so we really want to hold on to that and do our best uh during this time to do that digitally uh but also as we start to contemplate reopening you know ensure that those values really shine through during that period as well and when do we when can we expect to head back into ACM any any ideas on the date yet oh look that's the that's the 100 million dollar question at the moment isn't it <laughs> um what we've realized is that our venues will probably be the last to open we have a number of mm. very large venues so we're now planning on reopening the building 
first uh, so that people mm. can still have an arts, a very special Arts Centre Melbourne experience, though it may be different to the one that they're used to. So we're thinking about, you know, reopening our cafes as soon as we can. We have a beautiful art collection that we want to encourage people to explore throughout the building in an appropriately socially distanced way, of course. Um, and perhaps, you know, some some access to performance content, but that's different, that doesn't involve sitting in a in a large audience watching a performance on a stage, but perhaps it's something a bit more experiential that's discovered through the building uh, rather than that traditional audience format. So we're working on... Um, uh, we call it our Together Again strategy, and um, that will be driven by that by those values as well. And uh, yeah, we just can't, we just can't wait. So while while we can't put a date on it, we can say that we will be opening opening the doors as soon as we can and welcoming people back progressively uh, to experience Arts Centre Melbourne, perhaps in a different way. Nice. I'm sure your performance will be very glad to return to the stage. I've heard a lot of people who are streaming content online comment on the lack of the sound of the audience, whether it's a round of applause or a laugh or even a smile. It's such an amazing power that we have being together. Yes, it's that energy, I think, that comes from live performance that you just can't beat. And I think we've been so lucky, you know, there's such great content available digitally but I, I am, and I recognise I am slightly biased in this, but I think there is nothing that can beat that live experience of, it's because it's a collective experience. You're part of a, a sort of a living energy that is created by that connection between artist and audience and the audience to each other. So um, I cannot wait to get back into <laughs> into that setting um, but we think there's some exciting opportunities to to look at different ways of creating that connection along the way very nice thank you so much Claire your work is so admirable and it sets an amazing example for us all thank you so much I'll take that feedback back to the Arts Centre Melbourne team they'll be really thrilled and for our listeners Claire's guide and a link to Arts Wellbeing Collective will be in the show notes of today's episode Claire, we wish you all the best for that moment that you turn out that ghost light and welcome people back onto the stage and into those seats. Thank you so much. Good to talk.